Welcome to the catch up. Uh, I'm joined this week again by my boys Evan Lancaster, Costa Spyru the Dragon. What's up? What's yo, up, yo. Y'all? And uh, we're breaking down the top food news stories of the week. So, Bobby Flay. So, our boy Izzy, one of our one of our uh, esteemed entertainment writers here at Food Beast, caught a clip of Gordon Ramsay saying the only time he'll battle Bobby Flay in some sort of throwdown is if it's on a pay per view match. Yo, no. yo, pay per view Flay versus Ramsey, like that would be sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering though, like Izzy said yesterday, if if they're just trolling us, kind of like McGregor Mayweather. There are a lot of parallels there to are, yeah to McGregor but Mayweather. There's also parallels to like this one foodie fight that I remember. This is probably like 15 years ago. One of the most talked about foodie showdowns in history. Bobby Flay versus Masaharu Moimoto. Does anyone remember that? But did did that ever go down? It went down. Was it what show was it on? Like where Iron did it go Chef. down? It went down on Iron they Chef. They literally flew the entire Iron Chef team out to New York City and did the entire thing in this massive showdown. I remember watching this as a kid and just being like, Oh shit. <laughs> it's going <laughs> down. It's going down, y'all. Who won? Okay. Oh, jeez. I think Bobby just narrowly out-edged Morimoto in that one. I remember the battle. It was Battle of Rock Crab. Um, Yo, that had to have been staged because there's no way Bobby Flay wins that. I don't think there's any way Bobby Flay wins this current one if he goes up against Gordon Ramsay. Well, that's where you're wrong. But Why am I wrong? Bobby Flay makes burgers. Gordon Ramsay makes everything. I just Why I, would he lose? I, if it's a burger battle, maybe. Well, Flay's Bobby like Flay. a maybe South they have to choose too. their own ingredients for the other person. Dude, I don't I don't think I don't think there's a there's a world oh, we live in where Gordon Ramsay okay. does not so, win this. Actually, sorry, I had that wrong. Morimoto defeated Flay. There we go. But also the clay declared that Flay was not a chef. Because after finishing his dishes in that Iron <laughs> Chef battle, savage dude, he's not a after, chef. after finishing his dishes and you know completing the battle, Bobby Flay stood up on his chopping board in celebration. Yo, Bobby Flay is weird. Can we talk about how home chefs beat Bobby Flay? He has a whole show where all he does is lose. That's like wh- why? Why would he? Why would Gordon Ramsay lose oh. when like our moms were on a show probably? Because that's him. the fix. Yeah. Ramsay just lost to Jamie Alexander. That's the fix. Though. Who's Jamie Alexander? She's an actress. A blind spot uh, shows like that. She just kicked his ass on the F word. Like I'm not surprised. Every time you guys say someone beat, uh, oh beat Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, whatever. I, I still think he's going to... So what... Okay, so uh, yesterday in our editorial meeting, we were talking about how we could find out if Bobby Flay or Gordon Ramsay... Like, who would win in this yep. battle? So we're like, all right, do we like create characters in Super Smash Brothers? Do we yeah. do like a WrestleMania like video game where we like recreate the characters and let them go at it? I even it? had the idea of creating two separate players inside NBA 2K <laughs> and putting them into blacktop mode and then having them battle one-on-one. Wait, who did, did you do? Like, you so, yeah, so last night I, um, I tried to do it and um, after hours and hours of research, I was able to... You spent hours on this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I love so, it. I love it. Go Evan. it all in. Yo, I, that's uh, that so I put uh, Gordon Ramsay... So what I did was I alternate. I, I created a roster inside 2K, and then I put 
a player on the Cavs in free agency and a player on the Warriors in free agency, oh. and I drafted <laughs> no. Gordon Ramsay and Bobby Flay to each respective team. Bobby Wait, Flay's who was on the Warriors? Bobby Flay. Oh, come on. <laughs> and then, um, so then, so then I just like, so then there's this like glitch where I found that it only works on PS4. Okay. To, in order to get the roster, because you can't put the created roster inside the blacktop mode, but apparently you can do it on PS4. So if we get. That janky ass PS4. Go ahead. <laughs> I guess if we get PS4, it's like literally the glitch is creating a league online and then like toggling the on off switch when it checks Wi Fi and it like. It kills the like the online creation of the league, and it takes you back to the main menu. But somehow, miraculously, I watched endless YouTube videos on this. You can, and then your created player is on the team that you like did in free, like drafted so in free agency. Did, this, did you do this? I don't have PS4. I have Xbox, so oh, I couldn't get to that last damn. step. But Eli said yesterday that he has four PS4s. Four PS4s. I sit on them at home as a throne. So. <laughs> We'll probably able to do it then, and then we could go head to head in blacktop mode. But oh, I want to see this. I know. So I didn't make their attributes like specific because I knew that it was going to be a, a, a mission to get them into the game. Sure. But you can go back and like make their make them look like. So each here's other. a question: If you didn't work at Food Beast, would you, on your own money, spend pay per view dollars to watch Bobby Flay versus Gordon Ramsay? Like the same way you would watch McGregor and Mayweather. Ooh. I'll let you take that one, Costa. Dang. Okay. Bobby Flay, one of the most iconic American chefs. That's Ramsey. a yes from Costa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Period. Ramsey, one of the most iconic UK chefs. Uh huh. I mean, that's a really good showdown. I would definitely put money in to watch I would, that. I would pay. I'll no. joke. I wonder, aside, like, I though, like how much it would be because I remember when Mayweather fought Pacquiao. It was like the most expensive pay per view fight. How if much this was is it like twenty dollars, I'd be down. But if it's like seventy or eighty bucks, like I don't know. But I, you'd, I'd go in on it with some friends. Like, all right, let's let's play that out. Have Last a time I party watched and, and yeah, yeah. Get, oh, yeah. Ooh, like, cooking ooh. party. Yeah, yeah, just get like yeah. like. 15, 20 of your friends together. 15 or 20? I don't have that many friends. Ghost <laughs> <Yeah, I'm> is <laughs> like cutting friends out. Only 20 people at the door. How many fucking friends do you have? Hey. I have zero friends, dude. You guys are like my only... You guys are my friends, right? Hey, you didn't even call me on the 4th of July. Ev, what's up, dog? Dude, I went hard on Monday, dude. Oh, I so you didn't even make it to 4th of July? No. Like, I had friends say they were going to come down on the 4th of July, and they were all no-call, no-shows. I saw like you barbecuing on Instagram. I on was the by third, myself on the third, and I was like, "Yo, this dude's about to get well, lit." Well, on and then the third, I didn't see a single update till the fifth when you walk in the office, dude. So we uh, we went pretty hard on on Monday. I cooked. I'll tell you what I cooked. I cooked stuffed mushrooms with um, tomatoes and cheese. I cooked mm, Italian sausage, like giant like portobello stuffed mushrooms. Um, they or? were a little smaller, but okay. I, like uh, button mushrooms. St- Store bought mushrooms. They weren't anything. Aren't they all? Yeah, <laughs> unless you're I mean, a botanist. They, they weren't like farmers market specialty or anything. But um, then I cooked. Uh, That's that fuego. We cooked some chicken, uh, some some marinated chicken from Trader Joe's. Shout mm. out Trader Joe's, pretty good. Um, and then I cooked some uh, chicken wings um, okay. that I made. Um, I took some. Um, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Okay. I added some Jameson, some cinnamon. Oh, um, wow. A little cayenne pepper to it. And I put those things on the grill and painted them until they were nice and charred up. And they were really good. They were a hit. 
That sounds amazing. Yeah. So were you pretty drunk on the third? I was extremely drunk on the third. I had to actually, I had, I had friends at my house and I had to, um, I had to leave the party. I had to, I was so tired. <laughs> um, I had to go to bed. <sighs> yeah. Fourth and, of July, uh, man. Yeah. They said they checked on me and, and, and later on they were like literally going hard until like three o'clock in the morning and I had been drinking since like noon and I was, I was pretty toasted and I guess apparently I was snoring on top of the covers. So damn. All right. So fourth of July did you dirty. Yeah. Third of July. Yeah. Third of July did me dirty. And then I barbecued by myself on the fourth. Jeez. Speaking of doing it dirty. This other story, also from Izzy, is, I don't know how I feel about this. It's snortable chocolate. It's a new product. It's yeah. snortable chocolate. It's made by this company called Legal, Legal Lean. Lean. So, because their first, Legal Lean, their first product was... They made a, a legal version of the cough syrup that everyone, like rappers, use to make. So it's only lean. illegal if you don't have a prescription. I mean, yeah, Robitussin yeah. isn't illegal. Yeah, like, you could just go get it. Yeah. Now I don't know the, the well mixture it's the of other lean. stuff. Yeah, that's, I don't know how to, is it the like, stuff with codeine is what you need a prescription? Can you not? For. Oh, codeine is you can't get it over the counter. I don't believe so. Uh, and then it's like codeine with promethazine. I don't think you can get that in without a prescription. I'm pretty sure because it's. Uh, pretty heavily opiate based. So catch this. This new product is called Coco Loco. It's a snortable chocolate. And apparently the effects that it will give you is an endorphin rush, serotonin rush, a euphoric energy, and it focuses you. Like there's a calm focus. How do you feel about this, Costa? You're a science guy. This is weird. Straight up. <laughs> straight, straight up Straight it's up, weird. like I would never think, oh, I have all of these cool things that I can do with chocolate and cocoa powder and stuff. Let's create something that I could store it. Is it set up a really bad example for kids? Like, I don't right. know. Yeah, that's like yeah, there's that's like, like kind the of an thing. ethical dilemma here because I would assume that there is nothing other than like a nasal spray that you put inside your nose. I mean, that that's you should like, put upside. It put yeah, I mean, yeah, right. like there's. I mean, just the act of snorting something in general is. I mean, let's face it, to get high. Like, sure. that's what the, uh, that act of doing anything is. What do you snort that's not, like, going to do that to you? Right. So, it's kind of teaching kids or whoever's doing it that that type of behavior is, like, you're it's doing... Chill. You're putting something up your nose to get an effect. So, it yeah. contains not only cacao, but... Because I don't know what any of these things are. I'm about to say are, but you tell me what they are. Ginkgo biloba, what is that? Okay, ginkgo biloba is kind of like this, I think it's like an extract of a gum from a tree that's supposed to be like some kind of calming agent, mm. I believe is what it is. Okay, so some calming. It has taurine, which is Taurine guarana. is like some, taurine and guarana, those are things you would find all the time in energy drinks. Those are like stimulants. Got it. Those are natural stimulants though? Naturally uh, occurring or not really? Depends on where you get them from. They can mm. be natural. Got it. So, I mean, yeah, that's, it's curious because I don't know how, legally this went through. Like, this is something that. It's FDA the F, approved. It's FDA well, The FDA approved. doesn't know what to do with this because it's not, it doesn't hurt you other than getting cacao, like chocolate into your mucus because you snorted it. No. I but, feel like this is like, there's, you know, there's controversy here because it's like. 
do would someone go from this to actually believing that snorting cocaine is okay? You go to or cocaine. That's literally that's the next your step. next step. That's the problem. You but get, would people go to it because people go to cocaine to like you know get that you know high get that relaxing but this is something that's supposed to also reduce your stress and anxiety so if you have this maybe this is like the alternative to cocaine so it could be going either direction Brandon's just sitting there laughing you're saying that you're saying that legal lean has created this uh this product for like recovering cocaine addicts there could be one of the reasons why they created it so i don't do cocaine but i'm imagining is is it the the act of snorting that you miss? Because you know when you're addicted to cigarettes, you you miss everything about yeah it. the you oral miss, fixation right. Like like I used the, to smoke a pack a day. So what what was it when you? I mean you don't smoke. No, at all I've anymore, actually no I've been kind of cold turkey. I quit cold turkey in on January first of two thousand twelve, and That's I smoked dope. for like six. I smoked from like when I was seventeen. So that was like I don't I don't even know how to add that up right now, but. Yeah, I, I smoked for a handful of years, seven, eight years. Yeah. I was a pool man before before I was into journalism, and I would smoke all day because I was driving around, and I would smoke cigarettes. I would smoke Camel Lights. So smoke. what did you, what was it about from a non-smoker? Explain to me. I mean, there's the nicotine, but was it, did you miss any of the putting like something into your mouth? Yeah, I mean, I mean, dude, to be honest with you, like after like your, the first morning cigarette, like just the smell i can like kind of just lighting it up and taking your first puff and like it's a whole ritualistic thing Mm. so it's and it's very while you're drinking a beer while you're with friends like it's just a social thing that it just kind of it happens organically and you know you're with friends and you're just like oh can i have a cigarette and it's like a way to go outside it's a way to like it's just i don't know it's something to do yeah and um, it gets very, I mean, it's obviously addictive and it's very habitual, but it's, um, it's like a euphoric and relaxing thing to enjoy cigarettes. Now I look at them, I can't even smell them without being like sickened by it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird like how, how repulsive I find them now. I just see them, it's usually just around annoying people at this point for me. Mm-hmm. When, whenever I'm out, it's always someone that's like, hey, my man, you, out, you, you, out, you got a cigarette? I was like, dude, if you smoke, get your own cigarette. Yeah, like, well, those, no, people I don't are, have a cigarette. those people don't really smoke because if they really did, they would, they would have, have cigarettes. Like, got it. Got you know, it. I mean, yeah. the cigarette addicts don't go without cigarettes. So we're actually, I wish we had this already, but they're sending us some snortable chocolate. So we can talk about it by next week. Fantastic. But we don't have, I wish we were able to, because I'll, I'll try it. Maybe I'll snort like, some chocolate. I just think that there's, I just think that there's something weird about like, like snorting it, telling people like it's okay to snort something for an effect. Like what's wrong with like putting it just in your mouth and eating it? Like, mm. you know what I mean? Well, like, maybe it doesn't get to you. It doesn't hit you the yeah. same. Maybe we could try mixing some. And I wanted to try this since I'm not going to snort it. Um, but okay. I want to try to like mix You're gonna it You're going to do in. a gummer? You know what I mean? Well, no. I want to mix it into some oh, water and never see mind. what happens with that. Oh. Because if it is just cacao and, you know, the chemicals and stuff. So is it, you it mixed like a, it it a granular water. powder or is uh. it like, is it like oh, it looks hard like, or like, is it like chocolate, like hot chocolate powder? From what I can powder? tell from what Izzy's article saying, it's a powder. So technically you should be able to dissolve it and you should be able to drink it like a hot chocolate. I wonder if it does if it comes with like a dollar bill that you roll so you could snort it on the table. Like oh what what is the peripheral <laughs> if it's a snortable if it's but like see, coke? See this is the weird this is the weird thing what I don't like about it. This company called Legal Lean also made a product called Legal Lean and it's like 
after the cough syrup of promethazine, right? Of mm. the, so they're already riding the fine line of, of substances that get you high or prescription-based substances, and they're putting it into a legal aspect. So they're like almost doing, they're almost doing like the work of like cigarette companies and stuff, like marketing to children. Because That's true. They, tobacco companies always market with like super vibrant colors. They, the, all their all their advertising's like lower, so they you could like for the kids' eye level. So is it doing more harm than good? Oh, absolutely. Because because what if I'm trying to imagine now, like my little cousin who maybe doesn't even know what cocaine. It maybe they've heard cocaine, right? They associate it with Miami, and they associate it with uh, you know, and just the idea of. My cousin now looking at chocolate and wanting to snort it and then thinking like, what else can you snort? And now she's going to learn about cocaine. Yeah, that is something to worry about, I guess. Uh, I mean, it could set that precedent. I think it also could go the other way. I would definitely not let a kid in sight of this, for sure. But maybe someone who's older and understands, I think. Maybe like... This isn't going to wean anyone off of cocaine though this isn't this isn't that like you're not smoking you're not snorting a shit ton of coke and then think like you know what i'm gonna ease up because i like need nose candy fixes and i'm gonna go to chocolate now you're just not gonna do yeah you're gonna go to something harder like yeah and i mean that's the thing so it's like this is like beginner level stuff it's like showing you that this is like Oh, here, this is something fun that you can snort, like, and then, and then next time it's gonna be like your friend, like the kid that your parents don't want you to hang out with, is gonna be like, "Yo, here's something fun to snort." Like you <laughs> like snorting chocolate, right? Well, this is better, and yeah. then you end up. So I would definitely not. I'll let, I'd say if the FDA is gonna regulate this, make it age specific, keep it away from people. You know, under a certain age, eighteen, maybe sixteen. I don't know. This is the dumb. It's really some dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no. I mean, like, what parent would be like, oh, I'm cool with my child just snorting chocolate in their room? No regular ass parent. No, no. no, like that's like what kid? I want to know what kid is like begging their parents, like, oh, mom, like, get me the snortable chocolate. Like, that's the fucking problem. Is the kid is gonna be like, they're gonna try chocolate once, they're gonna snort the chocolate, and then they're gonna try to Google. Google what else you can snort. Yep. And then they're going to snort coke. What happens, the internet. What, 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 what happens when kids start chopping up Jolly Ranchers? And like, I already did that shit. You, I, I mean, you, as a kid, you try, you already try snorting shit because you see shit in movies. So you've sniffed Jolly Ranchers. I didn't sniff. That sounds like it would be fucking painful. So, check this out though. So in like the street culture with like real lean, they put Jolly Ranchers inside it to make it sweeter. So I mean, there's already like a strong drug correlation to this drug, drug, and and like I don't, I don't know. In Kate, infused raw cacao snuff. Come on, snuff, dude. Come okay, on, this is dude. too much. Well, hey, you know what? To be fair, though, there is snuff is a snortable tobacco. There's there's snortable tobacco products. So. They might be riding the line of this, but it's still like. So you do you so snort wait, tobacco? There's, so there's you don't inhale it into that's your what lungs. It's called snuff is is like a snortable tobacco. Like it's a snortable tobacco product that um, 
is made from uh let me let me just look it up real quick smokeless tobacco made from ground pulverized tobacco leaves it is inhaled or snuffed into the nasal cavity delivering a swift hit of nicotine so and then with all this like guarana and taurine and everything like that in it these kids are going to be bouncing off the walls just like they would be on like a, a narcotic yeah this is for sure going to be targeted to 18 plus like they have to like you just like a lot of uh i mean i guess a kid can get a hold of a red bull right and we have such like a coffee but culture it's still i mean i'm the one double fisting coffees right now yeah it's unhealthy how we're much we're judgy as shit right now yeah. and i'm like drinking a beer at at night no i'm just saying though like <laughs> you i mean everything is like stimulants you need to be, watch out for them because they can raise your blood pressure. They're not like healthy to eat all the time. Mm, and yeah. if kids are running around sniffing chocolate and like drinking legal cough syrup. And I mean, it, it's just as bad as like, you know, giving an eight or nine year old a can of monster. <laughs> well, it's why it's why 20, like if you're under 21, you still can't buy Odules. You still can't buy the non-alcoholic beer because I get why you can't because you don't want... You don't want to introduce your 13-year-old to beer flavor because they're going to be like, okay, this is like what beer tastes like. And I'm going to, well, if you gave that kid Odules, they would fucking not want. It's a good idea. Yeah. Give little kids Odules so they don't want beer. Beer well, tastes gross yeah, as a kid. I mean, there I already, are some parents who would give their kids, actually, this was my parents. They'd give their kids like little sips of things like port or brandy or Yeah, my, my, my parents like fed that. me booze. And I was like, this stuff tastes like shit. Why would I ever want to drink this in real <laughs> life? And now I like barely drink at all. So. Yeah. So the the trick to not turning kids off of beer or alcohol is to get them extremely drunk on it so they get sick. And a lot might, of parents do that. Yeah. And a lot so of they or that. or let them discover for themselves how disgusting it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learned that the hard way when I was like a sophomore in high school and I went on a cruise with my parents and I broke away and like drank a bottle of vodka with these like hoodlums on the cruise ship <laughs> these hoodlums and i was ext- i i threw up all over the back of my dad's car on the way home like from the cruise the last day oh. i didn't even bother rolling down the window i was so sick <laughs> <laughs> i was so sick it was it was Damn. gross that's what i'm gonna do on my like what better way to turn them off of alcohol do it in a safe environment be like son or daughter you finish this jack daniels <laughs> just sit here until it is <laughs> done Dad, or eight. you die Eight or nine? How funny would it be? Old like, enough. They're just like Eli's two children. It's like, but I'm eight, Mister A. Ruth. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was literally like, I was literally like eleven or twelve, and they're like, here, have a sip of pork, and literally like ran to the freaking sink and spat it out. <laughs> well, because I remember the first time I got really, really drunk was I was twenty years old, and we're in, uh, we're in a dorm room at UCI. I was a little younger than that actually, and we're taking swigs of this Jack Daniels bottle, and it's just going, a uh, Captain Morgan. I'm sorry, and it's going around the room, and I now know my limits because right. I was like, cool, a quarter bottle of Captain Morgan is my body's absolute limit, and I just don't go past that. Yeah, now. and so that's. I think every kid needs that. I don't think it's good to bring it back to this legal lean and the snortable chocolate. I don't think like, I never thought about doing Coke because it was never around me as a child. So I never, but if this was around me, I would wonder like, all right, if I could snort chocolate, what else can I snort? Yeah. And then I mean, you get to the tobacco and then you get to the cookie. Yeah. Which, Dude, there's, no. so a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or two, uh, don't know where I saw the article, but it's like a disturbing article about kids like under 18 that review chewing tobacco 
in YouTube videos. What? What? Yes. That's a tr- it's like a thing that's yep. going on. Yep. And they take the dude, okay, so what's really disturbing was like the kids in the videos were like super into the chewing tobacco, like, oh, this one has like a different flavor. These are like kids. How do you know they're kids? Do they just I mean, look like kids? They're, or yeah, are they they're ki- children. Like they're like well, it's like the young girl with like a trucker hat on and she would take like the inside of like the a skull, I think that's the name of the chewing tobacco, and like the lid has like a like a metal emblem that can be removed from the the box. It's yeah. like a aluminum foil or something. Sure. They're putting them on their bills of their hats. What? Yeah, it's this like, is stupid. Yeah, like I didn't know that was still a thing, dude. I yeah, like I don't. I mean, I don't, I'm sort of in the Midwest somewhere. I mean, I have no idea, but. Uh, I don't think kids are running around Santa Ana chewing chewing tobacco, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, it's like this tobacco culture that's already exists, and, and I mean, like, I'm sure this is just this is a small step away from encouraging other illicit behaviors that um, are way more unhealthy. I'm still gonna try it when it comes, but I also am bummed that Costa wrote about. Halo top. So we were, we talked about Halo Top last week. This is yeah. a really quick transition. Yeah. But we talked about Halo Top ice cream, which is this low calorie, high protein ice cream that is really making waves in grocery stores. It's in almost every grocery store now. It's in Walmart. Um, and last week we said that it was a really huge trend. And then this week, sure enough, yesterday morning, Costa writes about Briars. The big ice cream brand on the juggernaut block. Juggernaut of ice cream. The juggernaut of the frozen food section just launched their own low-calorie, high-protein ice cream. Not only did they launch one, I think it's pretty savage. They copied Halo, Halo Top's straight up. like marketing on this to a T. Yeah, like, it's crazy. You've got the calories literally boldly displayed on the pint. It's bigger than the freaking logo. Yeah. So like the first thing they want you to see is like, this has 260 calories. Right. So you got that going on and you also have like this idea of ice cream. You have the, the same, higher protein, the same packaging size. I feel like it's a pint on purpose. Yeah. You the Briars normally doesn't do pints. They yeah, don't. Yeah. No. Wow. Normally, if you go to Bri- find Briars in Walmart or other stores, uh-huh. all of their ice cream packages are 48 ounces. Oh, this is like a 16 ounce pint. Ooh, well, oh, because they had to get it doesn't it doesn't ring the same when you because they're they're really tapping into Halo Top's idea of putting the calorie count right on the front, big mm-hmm. bold, and in the center, and it doesn't work if you do it on a full carton. Because right. it doesn't matter how low cal, the whole carton's not going to be 260 calories. But they really wanted to tap into that. I wonder if it's good, though. That's if it's like actually the, good. Well, I do know maybe that... Some snortable chocolate on top. <laughs> oh. I know Briars is sending some. It's supposed to come today. Um, Evan, I just saw a UPS truck arrive. Do you know who that package was for? No, I don't. I didn't look. Um whatever yeah <laughs> One sec. we'll find out we'll find out um but yeah go ahead Costa. check it out um i mean according to adage halo top in 2015 through 2016 sold 13 and a half million pints which is like 66 million dollars so i know they're doing more than that this year but it's still not is i mean briars did 500 million in the same time but 
For a new kid on the block, Halo Top's no more than five years old. Almost one-fifth. So you would copy them if you're Briars. Right. Would you buy them or would you copy them? Um, hmm. Well, I don't know. That's a tricky question because... It's cheaper to copy. It's cheaper to copy and you can still and you can still like make your own stuff, but I don't know if... So would Briars have to approach them and say, hey, can we buy you for X amount of money? Yeah, so if they bought them, like, all right, so if their sales were $66 million, I, I don't see Halo Top selling for less than a quarter billion. Right. Right? Because they got to, like, give them, all right, well, without They got to give them the recipe. They got to right? give them the recipe, but they also, they have to, like, account for Halo Top's branding. Like, Halo Top's been in the market now for five years. People associate it with, like, good ice cream, but it's low-cal high protein right where briars is going to take some time for them to get in there yeah and i mean briars also still has a market share with like the good ice cream that <laughs> you know like that i go sure. through in like yeah. the bigger gallon pint or whatever it is yeah so i mean there's i i don't know i feel like briars can still ride the wave of the locale and see how it can compete with halo top yeah I don't think it'll ever eliminate it, though, just because Halo Top has such a strong market share right now. Kosa came through it's with here. the pines of Briars. Okay. What? Yeah. Oh, it's frozen, though. It's so cold. Oh, it's dude, like It's like a brick. Okay, maybe by the yeah. end of this. I don't think we can try this yet. These literally just came in, have been sitting in dry ice for God knows how long. Yeah. We're going to have yeah. to let them sit. We'll let them sit, and we'll, we'll talk about something else. Let's just jump to another topic, because uh, I want these ice these ice cream to melt. I, it's so frozen. Dry ice does... <laughs> Some miraculous, miraculous stuff. Okay. I read this article called, it was on Eater. It was a great opinion piece, I felt, called Instagram food is a sad, sparkly lie. That's the headline. The subheadline: how influencers transformed eating from an activity into an aesthetic. You guys read this a bit? Yeah. I read a little bit of it. Yeah. It's, it's an article by Amanda Mole. Great article. She brings up some really uh, interesting points. I feel like, just like going into this a little early, I've seen this before multiple, multiple times. Seen what before? The article. But like I have this article in different forms. In different forms. Not for Instagram, but for acting, for modeling, for television, for things like that. Hmm. So, like, you know, this whole entire thing of you need to be a certain body type and a certain body size. Well, we got to talk about the article because I'm, I'm assuming yeah. most of our listeners right now haven't, right. haven't yeah, read it. Let's get into right. that I mean, a little bit. The high level of it is she talks about the state of the Instagram influencer community. She talks about Instagram food. And she basically says that most of the food you see on Instagram isn't realistic because if it was realistic we wouldn't interact with it we wouldn't like you're not eating those sparkly unicorn donuts three times a day no you're eating it like once a week but it also wouldn't your audience wouldn't interact with it if you put up your kale salad three times a week right Mm -hmm. but i think outside of that i think that's not a new conversation i think that's kind of a an old beaten drum that like, of course the shit on Instagram is crazy and you're not going to put up normal mediocre yeah, stuff. And we're going to, you know, there's going to be edits and structures and yeah. things like that done to doctor up the food and make it look even more beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. I think the most curious part she mentioned is that Instagram foodies, there's this standard that they are a skinny, 
good-looking person and they're almost not allowed to succeed if you are anything but that prototype. If you're anything but a skinny, good-looking person putting up pictures of food. Right. Yeah. Because it's not... And so I, I have a wealth of thoughts on this, but how do you guys feel on the well, gut? My like, first question is, if you're an Instagram foodie, how many pictures are you actually putting up of yourself that matter as much? Because on my Instagram, I think I maybe have one or two pictures of myself mm-hmm. throughout my entire Instagram feed. And this is like over easily over 200 posts. So I think we're talking about she she does a, a decent job in the article of breaking it out into the types of people there are on Instagram within food. So there's an Instagram foodie where 100% of the feed is food, food. right? You don't see mm-hmm. it's food and maybe the hand their hands, the influencer's hands. Yeah. Then there's a lifestyle influencer who maybe is heavy food where it's like 80, 70, 80% of the posts are food and then 30% of it is pictures of them maybe interacting with the food. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Then there's people that are like way heavier lifestyle and then one or two photos of every 10 things to be. Yeah. Right. And so I think, or, or what the article was kind of alluding to is that you can't be overweight or not quote unquote pretty or picturesque and be a full on foodie because it's not accepted either through brands that want to integrate with you or through just an audience. They're just right. like, I don't want to see someone. Yeah, it's a, it's a complete body image and it's like an aesthetic that goes along with that, the, the expected body image. Mm. Um, and I feel like, okay, so we're in 2017, we know how to eat healthy as a society. We sure. know what's there. Mm-hmm. But like you said, taking a picture of your kale salad is not conducive to gaining followers on Instagram, especially if you're an influencer. Um, I can speak to this in a way because obviously working for Food Beast, I find myself in the front of gorgeous food all the time. You know, when I say gorgeous, I mean gory and greasy. But <laughs> That's uh, a fair <laughs> distinction because yeah. she mentions that in her article that gorgeous is now relative to the platform you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. It's gorgeous to Instagram, but I mean, your big donuts or your taco shots are gorgeous to Instagram. Right. But they're saying like in their research that when they asked influencers if they were actually eating the food, they were saying, yes, they were. Oh. But then people yeah. that were trying to out the other influencers are saying that like, yo, close to like, 60, 70% of food is actually not eaten. When right. you go to these influencer events where they're inviting you to try the newest item at a restaurant, Absolutely. People, the influencer are actually throwing the food away. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, there's uh, there's another question there of waste, but um, I can actually, I would actually agree with that because I don't, I don't know about the whole body image thing. I think there's, there needs to be, uh, that's a larger discussion. But in my perspective, I'm, I'm taking photos of food I'm not necessarily eating everything I put up. I think I put up two things last week that I actually ate. But when I take photos of food, it happens to be, you know, and I'll, I'll take a photo of the food and I'll save it for maybe two or three weeks just to just to have it there. Mm-hmm. I might not even enjoy it, but it just looks awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put it up. So it's not all the time that I find myself stuffing my face with my, my, my object, you know, my... So Amanda Mole, this writer, uh, she says... 
quote unquote, Instagram food has almost nothing to do with consumption as a gastronomic endeavor. Instead, consuming Instagram food means acquiring it and sharing proof of your acquisition, which that sounds exactly like what you just said, Ev. Right. And, it, and it's funny because where we're talking about access and we're talking last week, we took... We talked about breaking the Instagram algorithm and like talking about the geotags and whatnot and, and how the fried chicken and oh yeah the super fried chicken and then the fried chicken and how super influencers are going to like mediocre spots but those photos of like fried chicken are blowing up yeah leading other people to go there and do that so it's like I feel like it kind of is like follow the leader oh look this person got access to this spot like Howlin' Ray's takes three hours to wait but if you're an influencer you can just go up yeah. get two sandwiches and be on your way here's why I think mm-hmm. more people don't share more nuanced food like they don't go to like a really high end restaurant and share a picture of this really beautifully plated dish or whatever Right. it's because we're not writers if I'm associating myself with other Instagram influencers we're not writers so we ha- the picture has to speak for itself mm-hmm. but you can't go to like Jason's Playground it's a great restaurant that right down the street from here because to really explain the taste of the dish you just had you need to have some you need to be a wordsmith mm-hmm. right you, you need to be a wordsmith to get your point across to get the flavors across because it's not going to show up in your picture it's right. just not. But yeah. if you put up a picture of fried chicken, golden crispy, it's going to speak for itself. Right. There's no amount of wordsmithing that you can do to, that will add any benefit to that that photo. That's really interesting because just thinking about that, LA Times food critic Jonathan Gold, mm-hmm. I almost never see him actually put up pictures of the food in his articles. Because he's, uh, he he's a brilliant writer. He's a brilliant writer. I love reading... His descriptions of the food. He just did a review of this like uh, Bologna style restaurant mm-hmm. that you know makes me want to go out and try the food. But he didn't take. I didn't see any pictures of it. His there food photos are kind of trash. Let's go out on a limb. I'm looking at Jonathan Gold's Instagram account right now, and they're kind of trash. Yet he's one of the most sought after food critics in the country because he's a wordsmith. He really can bring you into the flavor and the location and aesthetic the neighborhood the and the yeah. aesthetic through his words. So he can put up a pic. I mean, his Instagram doesn't lead you to believe he's a great writer either. If you look at it, he put up an avocado egg seaweed salad and it's just the caption is avocado check, runny egg check, seaweed check. So he's cynical in his Instagram. But he doesn't have to put up great photos because he, you know that you can go to his body of work at the LA Times and be like, I'm going to get the same taste profile through his words. Where for the average Instagram foodie, they're not writers. They weren't bloggers first. They, weren't, they, they probably came from some other background where writing wasn't the prereq. And so they have to put up something that is forward with with the visuals i wonder if there's this correlation to what i'm seeing with the proliferation of food halls and we're talking about how there's less uh photography of like fine dining and more photography of like i don't know like the street food street food food and stuff like that and it's like i wonder if more menus are just becoming trend driven versus like chef driven what um, Jonathan Gold would go seek out. You know what I mean? So there's I, like... I get that totally. I think one of the things I've noticed too is that this is the thing that everyone's going to. There's actually like 
I, I would call them quote unquote families of Instagram food influencers and they actually go together to events. So you'll see like that daily food feed and Paul's food hall and food with Michael and all these other people. They'll go to a single place, get a bunch of food together, all take pictures of it all together. And that's right. you know, something that's I think a little more newer now that we'll all go into these food halls and trying out all these different places at once. Right. Yeah, I think we we stumbled on something with that. Like that's that's why we don't see more food photos. Or like like if you think about it and going back to the food hall idea or the concept, it's like these food halls are like in like open outdoor areas with people being able to go outside and change the aesthetic of where they're taking the photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like you go to like a fine dining restaurant, usually brick and mortar, low lit. You got to kind of like watch your P's and Q's. You can't be like... It's not conducive to taking yeah, a photo. Yeah, it's not conducive actually, to taking a photo. Yeah, exactly. I actually just had that problem. So last week I was in Las Vegas at this convention. Mm-hmm. And we all went to Gordon Ramsay Burger at Planet Hollywood. And I got their secret menu burger, the F word burger. Me and one of my friends are trying to take pictures of it, you know, in the restaurant and all. And the lighting inside this restaurant is just... Awful. awful shame like, on gordon yeah well, no like they had a just single light directly shining down on our table and the rest of the surrounding area until you get to the next table is dark how fucked up is our conversation right now <laughs> the fact that, like god forbid he put in some really nice ambiance with like with one light above but your table it's, nice. it's like it's a nice really for ambiance but it's not nice for somebody working as an influencer. Trying to get that photo. I literally like had to play with brightness and contrast so much on my Instagram just to get it so that you could see the burger. So on the other end of the coin, influencers aren't the one that are spending their money on these places. Like all all these influencers are making a call before and letting them know that we're going there. Or they're being invited. Or being invited. And so I think as long as restaurants like that, if they... uh, it's the way to promote your restaurant. You do it through influencers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So as long as like during the influencer event, the lighting is good. Outside of that, it doesn't matter. Like the ambiance should be exactly what the chef wanted it to be. It shouldn't be yeah. brightly lit for, I don't like when I'm actually eating for to hang out with friends and I don't have my phone out on the table. I want it to be dimly lit. I don't uh, want yeah. to sit in as brightness. foodies. I think we need to understand or at least go back to the frame or the mindset that these restaurants weren't built for fucking Instagram. No. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Like no. they're built I mean, to enjoy yeah. food with your friends, not like spend 40 minutes taking photos of a dish you're not going to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause to contrast, I went to his fish and chips spot mm-hmm. the day before mm-hmm. and that one was perfect for Instagram. Was it outdoors though? Like it half was, outdoors? That's no, the Gordon it wasn't, Ramsay but fish it was and chips, right? And the promenade at Link. But it's, there's bright colors. Yep. There's, it's like red and blue and yellow. And there's very bright. And you can walk right outside. I've been yeah, there. Yeah. And there's like really good spots to get natural lighting and things like that yeah. too. And you can get good backdrops and things like that. I mean, that place was much more It's low key and Instagram friendly place, but it's like a quick service fish place. So it's like. Of course, it's going to be a little more it's fried food so it's like gonna like crack the algorithm because people are gonna realize the joy in that aesthetic like they crack the algorithm yeah. so if people are just tuning yeah. in and didn't listen to last week's episode the full thing is that we were talking about instagram foodies are taking advantage of instagram leaning into uh fried chicken photos so a bunch of influencers found that out and they've been uploading pictures of fried chicken from very specific places because they seem to be engaging more for their audiences so 
crack the algorithm is a fun little thing we should keep yeah. saying. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, damn, I'm really bummed that this Briar's ice cream is still is rock still? hard. Oh, mine is Jeez. actually kind of soft is a it? little bit. You gonna go get a spoon or what? Yeah, let's grab a spoon. Really I fast. don't think though that this is edible on my end. This is not edible. I want you to see what I can. It's do. still rock hard. It's still super rock hard. Yeah, my top is still pretty oh, rock shit. hard. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Did you get it? <laughs> I did not get it until you went there. Oh, man. What are you guys talking about? Huh? Oh, we're talking about ice cream, Evan. Okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. I think I think Brayden went to go get us some spoons. I think we're going to need a chisel for this. Yeah, yeah I don't like, think mine's... It's still, like, really solid, but we can no. take a look at, like, what's going on with it. So, I got the chocolate one. Mine is 270 calories for a single pint. Thanks, Bray. I got the um, I got the Briars Delight uh, cookies and cream. Mine has 330 calories per pint. I'm looking at the mint chip right now, but it's it's again just it's just a glacier. It's just rock. I can like kind of scrape some off the okay, top. Okay, I got I got some. Yeah, I can I can get a spoon right now. It's All still right, pretty cold, but yeah. let's go. Let's see the mint chip in your mouth. I have a little bit of coffee tinge in my mm. mouth. Okay, I taste like cookies and cream to me. That's pretty no. good. To me, this tastes like uh, kind of like a chocolate sorbet. It doesn't taste like a full fat chocolate ice cream, but it tastes like a decent chocolate like frozen dessert. Tell tell you one thing, it tastes like something I'm about to mow down as soon as it gets unfrozen. How Costa, how how do they make these so low calorie? So if you look at some cream. of the ingredients in here, they're starting off with easy things like skim milk mm. to keep the sugar from getting too high. They're adding in sugar alcohols and things that would naturally lower it. So you've got erythritol, which is basically a lower calorie sugar substitute. Mm. You've also got uh, stevia. Um, that's like a pretty common. Everyone knows that one. Is, like is a stevia natural. good for you? Uh, some people are allergic to it, but Whoa. if you're not allergic to it, then it's fine. Oh. Yo, I like this. No, it's I'm, not bad. I'm I eating think, the mint no. chip right now, and it's. And uh, they actually are using what's cool is they have milk protein concentrates. So they didn't just go in and randomly add powder from somewhere. Mm. This is literally just like straight up a protein powder ice cream, essentially. But it's milk. It's all milk. Oh, so that's that's why I'm not getting like th- that protein flavor. Yeah, that a lot of people disassociate with. They don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Yeah, kind of like a. Mm, they're using um, they have applicator. they have fiber in here as well. I know someone in the comments was saying they don't have as much fiber, but one of their first ingredients in here is fiber, which is pretty nice. Um, someone else who commented on the article said the carbs in this are actually a little bit higher than in Halo Top. Also, oh, more carbs than Halo Top. Sixty nine yeah. grams of carbs if you finish the whole pint, but only twenty one grams of sugar, which is not terrible. So Whoa. most of these carbs are actually coming from other places. What, so what's Halo Top sugar like? Halo Top does some pretty similar stuff. I know they use erythritol, and I know they use fi- uh, fiber source as well. Mm. Wonder if um, Briars poached some former Halo Top employees. That's it's very possible, but this is really a simple ice cream formula to recreate. If you know, if you look at the ingredient label of Halo Top, you could be like, oh, this is how they're making their ice cream. I can go and reformulate this into something my company could make. So is it not surprising that it took this long for someone to, oh, to bite Halo that, Top? Actually, I think 
Briars was just waiting. I feel like oh, let they, the market get tested. Let them let people get. I feel like interested they, in the product. Yeah, I feel like they had this in the wings. Mm. I feel like they developed this a while back when Halo Top first started making waves, mm. and when they got to a level of point where they could actually begin to pose a threat. Briars was just like, nah, we're going to snuff that out now with ours. But yeah. I feel like this is something that Briars well, has had waiting for a while. So I feel like if if people don't know what Halo Top is yet, Briars will Briars is going to already have the clientele base Ooh. to get that those those customers. Or if people just don't like Halo Top and like the idea of like trying another low calorie ice cream. Like the legacy Briars. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Briars. Briars is totally the legacy brand. Do you like, think if, if this part, if this product from Briars takes off, it cannibalizes their original product? Like if you start, if they start coming out with the same flavors and they're not positioning this as a diet ice cream, it's just Briars Delights. Like so that's the new name. To me, to me, only the only brand that would be cannibalized actually is Briars because they're the only ones that don't do pints otherwise. Mm. I mean, if you're gonna go full indulgent, you're gonna go full indulgent. You want your full fat ice cream, and a lot of people still want that and desire that, which is why you don't see ice cream sales on a downtick. I mean, mm. overall, ice cream still does extremely well, whether it be full fat or like these new health ice creams. Yeah. But Bryos doesn't do pints. Auto companies do pints. And I think this could be a new dominant category for them just because they don't have another I can chomp this all down at once option. Mm. Right. Got right. it. Well, damn. That's what's new in food this week. <sighs> oh, I'm going to go finish this chocolate ice cream. Yeah, I'm going to go finish this pint, I think, and... and Report back. I'm gonna go yeah. get another cup of coffee. Damn, this is like a. I'm just food. kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for uh, listening to the catch up this week. Is a Food Beast Weekly podcast. I was joined this week by Costa Spiru, Evan Lancaster. How do you guys follow? How do you guys get followed? That's that Fuego for Evan. Yeah, so uh, go to Instagram at that's that Fuego. Push follow. I would greatly appreciate it. And then you could, before you do that, you could go and type it out here flourishing <laughs> on Instagram and follow me as well. That would be great. And I'm also on Twitter. Yeah, I, same, no, I have a different name on Twitter. Same Out here name, flourishing was cross branding. Uh, all right, we're just going to give them just the Instagram today. All yeah, right. we'll just That's go with the Insta. Go. We'll all just right. do the Insta. And everyone on Instagram who's been following us and listening to this podcast, thank you guys so much. I love it when you guys take pictures of you guys listening to the episodes. That's badass. Um, Make sure to add us at Food Beast, and I'm at Book of Eli with an E. Thank you guys for listening to the catch up, and then until next week. Tight. <laughs>